You're listening to TalkZone.com, Internet Talk Radio. TalkZone.com. You are entering an intriguing journey with spiritual lifestyle experts Keith and Charmé Amber, where you'll end up more at home with yourself, your behavior, and your understanding of life. Mastering Ourselves offers sound answers to life's tough questions so that life can make more sense to you and healthy directions become clearer. Keith and Charmé bring you over 80 years of seasoned experience. They pursue truth and insights that are neither left nor right, but spiritually sound and centered and can be used as a spiritual compass to help you on your path. Welcome to Mastering Ourselves. We are getting so, so far away from being natural in so many different directions. I hear the number of cesareans that are being pre-scheduled for the convenience of whoever is way out of control. The, the doctor or the, the party or the whatever. Or con- yeah. And not only in America, but there's several other com- uh, countries where it's happening as well. <clears throat> really, it is alarming. On the other hand, our uh, lack of breastfeeding is alarming also, and breastfeeding and having natural childbirth is, what was that word? Natural. That's the word, natural. You know, the more we get into the the chemicals and the alternatives and the fake foods and everything, the further we get away from the truth and nature. You know, in raising plants... Um, you can do a lot of things wrong and you can do the right things. And, you know, I'm looking for, like, say, flowers from roses, real beautiful, nice-smelling flowers from roses. And, you know, you can do a lot of things wrong and not get that. You just get sort of a bush that's struggling and not very glorious. You can do the right things and you have a glorious, healthy, thriving plant with beautiful flowers and other plants with wonderful produce. But if you don't do the right things, that doesn't happen. And same with being natural with our bodies and lives uh, and th- children. throughout our lives. You know, yes. you, you do what's natural, what God and life and nature has designed you to do. You get true to yourself, true to nature, true to your health, true to all the ways of that, and you're going to go far and flower beautifully in life. And children, by nature, breastfeed. (laughs) So to that end, we have our uh, guest back again today who is an expert and has been uh, coaching women for well over 20 years on the seven natural laws for nursing mothers. Would you welcome to the show Nancy Moorbacher, uh, author, co-author of Breastfeeding Made Simple. How you doing, Nancy? I'm doing great, Charmaine Keith. Thanks for having me. It's our pleasure. This is an important topic. It is. I bet you have some studies that talk about uh, how kids show up better in life after being breastfed or not. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, in my field, we're, we're trying to change the vocabulary a little bit in terms of how people talk about that because... For years and years, uh, people talked about the advantages and the benefits of breastfeeding, but that makes it sound a little bit like the extra credit point on a test. Yep. And, in fact, when they did focus groups with moms who were choosing not to breastfeed, what they found was that the mothers considered human milk to be like just like formula with extra vitamins added. So we're trying to change the, the terminology a little bit. And so instead of talking about 
why uh, breastfeeding is a benefit to a baby, we talk more about the risks of not breastfeeding because Perfect. I heard you talking about what's natural and how steering away from what's natural, you know, can can bring risks. And the same thing is true when it comes to infant feeding. Because really, I mean, up until 100 years ago or so, there was no really safe and reliable way to keep babies alive even without human milk. That's so I right. think we can say very safely that human milk is the norm for babies. Right. <laughs> so it's not that they stand to gain a little something extra by breastfeeding. It's that they stand to lose if they don't breastfeed. And what do they lose when they aren't breastfed? Well, um, health outcomes are very different uh, if you look across a population. You know, naturally, when you have individuals, you may they may vary from this. But the reason why public health has taken such an interest in breastfeeding is because there there really is an appreciable difference in health outcomes. And for example, during infancy, uh, if a baby is breastfed or not, you see uh, differences in overall health. Uh, babies who are not breastfed have higher rates of respiratory illness, gastrointestinal illness, ear infections, urinary tract infections. What they're missing um, is a is a immune system that comes through right. the breast milk. Right, right. The the human milk is more than just the, a food. You know, we think about when we think of a food, we think of things like carbohydrates and proteins and fats yeah. and things like that. And, and those are certainly in mother's milk. But there are other things that are in there that make it more than a food. I, I heard a professor of infectious diseases talk about human milk as being almost miraculous in terms of the effect on the human infant. Uh, he says, I don't want to make the nutritionist angry, but I think probably even more important than, than the nutrition is that Human milk is an information system yes. that the mother delivers to the baby to to help the baby figure out how to grow in a normal way. Yes. So it, there's really a lot more going on. And, in fact, in the last decade or so, we've discovered it's not just during infancy when babies are breastfeeding that you see health differences. The, the health outcomes vary throughout the lifespan. So, for example, someone like me who, unfortunately, was not breastfed is at higher risk even later in life for things like um, diabetes, um, Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis, allergies, asthma, um, celiac disease. And uh, again, this is because what was brought in that mother's milk is an immune system and an intelligence and an information that gets passed along mother to child uh, so the body knows and has the tools and equipment right. to deal with all those problems. Right. Um, there are some mammals, like, for example, cows, that if the, if the baby calf does not receive the mother's colostrum, they actually die. Now, <laughs> we obviously are not that way. Otherwise, I wouldn't be alive to tell the tale today. But uh, human beings do get a portion of what they need for a normal immune system from human milk. And that's why we see these differences, not just during infancy and childhood, but also even into adulthood. So it I, is very important. I bet there's also differences of uh, connectedness because the breast is certainly more soothing than the bottle. Well, I think we, we have yet to do a lot of studies like that, but I'm sure that when the time comes that we do, there we will see differences there as well. Now, uh, do you think part of the reason that some women don't choose to breastfeed is because they think that it will alter to an undesirable shape their breast and they don't want to do that like a vanity reason? I think that some women think that. Unfortunately, that that is 
not actually true. <laughs> so it's kind of sad when, when uh, women tell you that because the changes that occur in the breast are actually due to the hormonal changes during pregnancy. They have nothing whatsoever oh, to do with breastfeeding. It's also sad because of how selfish that is. Well, you know, I, I think, you know, most mothers want to do what's best for their baby. You know, when, I, when I'm working with a mother or talking with a mother, I always give her the benefit of the doubt and assume the best. Yes, but, I understand. But, you know, that, I, I realize that that's not always going to be true, but I think it's you know it's probably a, a better way to to uh, relate to to another person. So, if the mother wants to do best for their baby, what what is stopping them from breastfeeding? Well, there's a number of things that that make it difficult in our society today. One one of them is the fact that most of us don't grow up seeing breastfeeding as a normal thing when we grow up. Uh, I know one very famous researcher in breastfeeding tells the story of asking a young Aboriginal mother, how did she learn about breastfeeding? This was a, a mother in Australia uh, who was part of an Aboriginal tribe, and she just looked him right in the eye and she said, I've always known how to breastfeed because it was something that she saw growing up. She knew all about it just from observation. Right. And most mothers in the United States today, they don't really get the chance to see that. You know, I'm sure there are some lucky ones who do, but when I breastfed my babies, uh, I was the first in three generations in my family to breastfeed, and I don't believe I ever really saw a mother breastfeeding yes. um, prior to starting to attend mother support groups during my first pregnancy. So that that puts most mothers at a real disadvantage. Okay, we're talking today with Nancy Morbacher, who's co-author of Breastfeeding Made Simple. And if you have a question for Nancy about breastfeeding, feel free to send it to us at q at masteringourselves.com. Q at MasteringOurselves.com. So what are some of the other reasons that stop mothers from breastfeeding? Well, we live in a very strange time when most healthcare professionals do not receive any training in breastfeeding. There are a lot of people who are working hard to try to correct that right now, but I would say the vast majority of the doctors and nurses out there, you know, seeing mothers and babies don't really know about breastfeeding. So the people that new mothers go to first with their questions are I see. are as likely to give them misinformation right. as their next door neighbor, for example. Well, so what are what are the numbers today? How many women are um, breastfeeding? Well, the last statistics we have that come from the CDC tell us that about seventy four percent of women are starting breastfeeding. That, that means even one breastfeeding in the hospital. So that, that's the initiation of breastfeeding. But it. The numbers fall off quite rapidly, and let's see, I'm, go, I'm going to look up the numbers here for you, but uh, the, the goal, actually, the um, Healthy People 2010 health goals are to have at least 75%, which you can see we're kind of close to that right now when it comes to our numbers, um, but we do see a, a rather rapid drop-off in numbers. And do you know um, why? Why do they stop so fast? Well, one of the reasons that they stop, as I said, is because the people they go to when they have problems don't really know how to help them. Uh, what, what we see is that by, um, by 42 days or six weeks um, of the women who started breastfeeding, only now six, 61% are, are still breastfeeding. So about half a million mothers in the U.S. have weaned. And by that same six-week period, the mothers who started by exclusively breastfeeding, another half a million or so, have started supplementing with formula. Um, I think one of the other factors that really makes a difference, and this is why my co-author and I wrote Breastfeeding Made Simple, 
is because most women really don't have a very clear understanding of the dynamics of how breastfeeding works. Yes. Uh, the, the most common reason that is given for giving up on breastfeeding is worries about having enough milk. And I think that's really rooted in the fact that most mothers don't know what what is normal as far as infant feeding or breastfeeding goes in the early weeks. So they they tend to think even when things are going normally that there's a problem. So um, do you do you feed more often when you're feeding with the breast versus the bottle? Yes, you do. As a matter of fact, and especially at yeah. the beginning. Yes, because that's what kicks in the system. Right. Yes. Uh, when stimulates are, it. When babies are born, mothers have the first milk in their breast that's called colostrum. Yeah. And that's really more teaspoons rather than ounces. And that actually fits perfectly with the size of a newborn stomach, which is very, very small. It's like the size of a, a shooter marble. And so just a few teaspoons is really all that it takes to fill that in the beginning. Yes. So what that means from the baby side is they need to feed very, very often. Right. Also, I imagine they need the touch. They you, do. You know, they were just in the womb, and that was all there was. Yes. And then they need the continuum of touch to mm-hmm. gradually de-escalate from being constantly touched to sort of being on your own and being touched every now and then as an adult. You're absolutely right about that. And, in fact, the the way the colostrum is ideally delivered to the newborn baby is very frequent, long, and frequent feedings at first because you know, before a baby's born, they've never actually felt hunger because all of their nutrition is coming through the umbilical cord. Right. And so having that very, very frequent feedings at first, um, is it's close to what they experienced before. You know, if they're feeding on and off, you know, for hours at a time, then that would be very similar to the way they got their nutrition in the womb. And, in fact, it's very long and frequent feedings that helps the milk increase in quantity much faster as well. Yes. Exactly. You, you know, there's a really cute movie out called Simon Birch that, oh. that sort of shows the problem if you don't have good breastfeeding and contact. Yeah, this little it's kid really a cute movie. sees this little girl's budding breasts and says, boobs. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, hold on, time for break. You're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmy Amber. Our guest today, Nancy Morbacher, co-author of Breastfeeding Made Simple. If you'd like to send her a question about breastfeeding, send it to Q at MasteringOurselves.com. We'll be right back with more. Hang on.